It's page 315. I'm very conscious, as we all are, that during vacation times, holidays, and those things that come up, that it does at times affect our attendance and different things and and um, uh, let, let me encourage you I, I don't fight those battles and don't want you to fight them either but I shared that with you to share this truth with you tonight I've got such a very special message just for you that are here tonight I knew that we would be somewhat down and I thought you know Lord I sure would just like a thought that would just be a help and an encouragement and a blessing to those people that, uh, you know, some get the privilege to work tomorrow. Matthew gets to work tomorrow. Some don't get that, but he does. And uh, he's so thrilled about it. And uh, so, uh, with that in mind, Ruth chapter number 1, verse number 18, just one verse. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, now I want you to notice the next statement. Then she left speaking unto her. That's just one verse. Let's read it together. All right? Ready? When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. If I had a thought tonight, it would be this. When hurt quits talking. And um, let's pray. Amen. And ask the Lord to help us. Uh, here today. Brother Aaron, how about you praying? Amen. There is a common thread that runs through every life here tonight. And it is that we all have a hurt of some kind or another. Some hurt is small in comparison to someone else's hurt. But all of us have a hurt of some kind. That hurt may be a wayward child. That hurt may be a physical hurt. There are people that wake up every day of their life and in some fashion or form they, they physically hurt. Uh, if you have never experienced that, then uh, you ought to praise God for it. The older I get, the more I find that coming around more often. And uh, so hurt comes a lot of different ways. Uh, and as we think about this ideal of hurt, in Ruth chapter number 1, it's filled with hurt. And hurt was saying an awful lot of things. As a matter of fact, hurt cries famine in Ruth chapter 1 verse 1. And it came to pass in the days when the judges wrote, there was a famine in the land. But oh, don't miss this, don't miss this. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. But oh, don't miss this. 
The real famine is not in Bethlehem, Judah. It looks like that's where the famine is. We need to understand the devil's a liar and father of it. And a lot of times when we look at our circumstance and we think that there is a famine in the midst of it and we make some decisions, many times the real famine comes in where we go and the places we go. Because I'll be honest with you, the real famine wasn't in Bethlehem, Judah. No, no, the real famine is going to be found in Moab. In Ruth chapter 1 and verse 3, and Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Then in Ruth chapter 1 verse 5, Mahalon and Chilion died, also both of them. My goodness, the famine in Bethlehem, Judah, would one day end. But the real famine in Moab would never end. They wasn't going to bring the husband and their sons back. So her cries famine. Her cries something else in chapter number one. It cries failure. Verse number eight, And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you. She has dealt with the dead and with me. Here's what she said. You know, I, I, we've, we've done failed. Everything's, uh, everything's done, gone. You, you just gone back to, to your mama's house and, and, and start all over. Well, many times heart cries failure. How many, no doubt, find themselves when heart cries famine? What's everybody else get? But I don't. Heart cries failure. But then heart cries something else. Heart cries, there's no future. Notice what Naomi said. Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, and go your way. If I'm too old to have a husband, if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband to, also tonight and should also bear sons, she said, would you wait on them? And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and her gods. Return thou after her sister-in-law. In other words, she just simply said, That ain't no future with me. There ain't no future. Heart's crying. There's no future whatsoever. Then her cries something else. Cries this loudly. Not only does her cry famine and failure, no future, but her cries a lost focus. When Naomi gets back to Bethlehem, Judah, and they said, oh, is this Naomi? And she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Myra. For the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. God didn't do that to her. But hurt caused you to lose focus. Hurt can make you think God has done something. In fact, God didn't. It wasn't God's decision for them to go there. It was theirs. Notice in verse 21, I went out full. Hold it. Stop. I, I never seen that till just the other day. I, I'm amazed what you can learn when you read your Bible. It's an amazing thing to me. 
If you just read your Bible, I went out full. Hold it. There's a famine in the land. If she's full, why is she leaving? Why in the world is she leaving if she's full? Now I'm just talking about her own testimony here. And the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call me Naomi? Sin the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. What I want you to see is her sin an awful lot in, in chapter number one. But what's so interesting in this story, and this is really what I want you to get, Ruth silenced hurt. Literally, Ruth, Ruth silenced the hurt. And finally, hurt just quit talking. Now you'd be amazed at how many people allow hurt to talk to them. Have you ever met folks that you dare not ask, how you doing? I mean, it's okay. We'll do one of these so nobody else can see it. Amen? Why, sure. I've known people that you dare not ask how they're doing. I, I know this may sound challenging, but there are folks I don't visit unless I know I have an hour or two for them to tell me all that's wrong in their life. I'm okay to do that. I'm just simply saying, hurt, but all of a sudden, Ruth silenced hurt. And hurt just quit talking. How in the world did Ruth silence hurt? And if Ruth could have silenced hurt, she's a Moabite, by the way. She's not even a Jew. She's not of the special family. There's nothing special. She's not rich. There's nothing special about her. She silenced hurt. So if she can silence hurt, how in the, maybe, just maybe, we can learn to silence the hurts that come into our life. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I'd almost guarantee you that there are some folks here tonight that hurt. There's some this morning that was here. They were in their place, but they hurt. May I say, first of all, let me show you how she silenced her. Number one, first of all, in chapter number one, steadfastness. She embraced her Naomi. Notice what the Bible says. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded. Don't miss this. In chapter one, it's all about hurt. But Ruth steps up like a shining light in a dark, dark night and makes this statement. She says, I tell you what, I know it's full of hurt. It's dark. It doesn't look like nothing's going to ever, don't look like there's nothing but famine here and, and, and failure and, and, and desire. But I'm going to stand up in the midst of it and I'm going to be steadfast in the midst of my hurt. Here was a woman that embraced her Naomi. Don't miss this. She embraced it. And she was steadfastly minded. Notice, her, she was steadfast in her choices. 
in verses 8 and 9, Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go and return to their mother's house, and Lord deal kindly. But notice verse 14, they lifted up their voice and wept again, and, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Orpha hung on for a little while, but it wasn't long. She went to back in her past to search for something from her yesterdays. Can I just say this? The answer for today is never found in our yesterdays. And the reason is this. Orpah is not the same person she was yesterday. She's changed. I, I hear this. It's a very common statement I've heard in the last 20 years. Well, you've changed. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I'm amazed. They, they, they make like change is a terrible thing. And I'll ask myself, are we preaching out the same Bible? Yes, sir. Do we still see? Yes, sir. We're not changing fundamentals. But the truth of the matter is, we've all changed. You've changed. Many of you. I, I mean, I, and you know, let's just pull out the old directories. I mean the old ones. I mean the old ones. And you'd be amazed how much we've all changed. It is amazing. Sometimes it's almost funny to look at them now and say, my God, what happened to them? Amen. We find that the answers for today is never found in our yesterdays. See, God's not shaping you. Don't miss this. God's not shaping you for your yesterdays. God is shaping us for our tomorrows. You know why we're having the leadership class? Because God wants to shape our tomorrows. I was listening to Brother Ronnie and I learned something and I'm thankful for that. I'm glad I'm not arrived. I'm, that's the reason I want to come. You know why? Because God is shaping our tomorrows. You know, God never shapes your yesterdays. You know why? They're already gone. And you can't bring them back. See, Ruth could have made the same decision. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. God's shaping her future. And in her future, He's shaping her to meet a Boaz. I'm going to help you. Don't miss this. You will never find Boaz in Moab. He's never found there. To our knowledge, he never visited Moab. He never visited. He's not going to, he's not going to go to Moab to see her. God is shaping her future. So number one, she was steadfast in her choices. There's some here this morning come to church. And coming to church was a little bit hard. They had to, they had to make a choice to come. Don't ever, don't ever make a lot of that. Listen, listen, I'll help you. Uh, if you've got a, 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 a mate, if you've got somebody, a husband and a wife, and, uh, and, and it's church time, and, and, and y'all get ready to come, and there's no battle for that, and there's no fight for that, well, would you be mindful? That's not like, everybody doesn't have that. Not everybody has that. 
Not everyone. Some come to church knowing they're going to get quarreled at and fussed. It's going to be a fight when they get home, but they come anyway. Some come to church knowing that there'll be devil to pay when they get home, but they come anyway. Well, this, this really come home to me, and would God really help me? Really help me to understand this. And a dear, dear, precious lady, and uh, one, one Sunday morning she come in early, and she, she said, Preacher, she said, Can you got him in? I said, Yes. She said, Listen. She said, I, I would just love to come every time the doors is open, but she said, I, I get to come one time a week, and that's all I'm allowed to come. And, and, and well, I said, well, bless your heart. Amen. Praise God because, see, not everybody gets that. But oh, I want you to know when you have a choice to make, she was steadfast in her choices. You know, in the midst of your heart, don't miss this. When you hurt the worst and you got a choice to be in the house of God or not be in the house of God, that service, that time, God may have the greatest thing for you that you could ever get a hold of. In that service, you might get something from God that would be life-changing. I promise you this much. If the devil can give you a heart to keep you from the house of God and making right choices, he'll give you a heart all the time. He'll make you a heart all over. Boy, I, I'm not, it's not as much now, but when I, when I worked a full-time job and pastored, more, more than once, more than once, I walked in the pulpit on Wednesday night and, 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 I, and I asked somebody to pray that, that I knew prayed long. And, uh, and, I, and I knew who they was. And I said, now Lord, I, would, I said, you just lead in prayer. While they're praying, I'm up here saying, now God, if you don't help me, me and you both going to fall on the floor. I'm so tired. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't move a step. I said, God, if you don't help me, me and you both going to fall on the floor and they're going to talk bad about me and you both. Amen. And I, I can't explain to you, but when amen was said, sometimes God would give me the greatest strength. I don't know where it come from. I don't know how I got it, but I know this. I've never been to the house of God, been worn out and tired, made a choice to do right that God didn't help me in the midst of it. Amen. How many of you come to church just one slap out? I mean, just, I mean, and then you get here and God help you because of a choice. She was steadfast in her choices. Number two, she was steadfast in her circumstances. I want you to see something here that, that we don't, that we don't see all the time. Uh, her, this heart wasn't easy to embrace. As a matter of fact, this heart was bitter, angry, She's not encouraging her to stay. Why don't you go away? Why don't you go back to your own people? I ain't got nothing else for you. I'm too old to have a husband and kids, and I ain't got nothing for you. Why don't you just go? Hey, your sister went back. Why don't you go back? Hey, why don't you just leave me alone? She's bitter. Have you ever been around somebody that's bitter? I mean, she's so bitter when she gets back. She's going to accuse God of not treating her right. She's bitter. She's angry. She's hurt. She's buried a husband. She's buried her two sons. And you've got to understand something. In that day, they wasn't a social security gift from the husband or the 
sons. In that day, a widow woman like that had nobody to care for her. If the husband or the sons died, there was no one. There was no one. And she, she's not attractive because you know the bitterness has affected how she looked. You know, she used to smile. Now she got to me. I'm bitter. You know, she, she's not, she's nothing, nothing attractive. She's not encouraging her. Not, she, there's no assurance. She gives her absolutely, as a matter, she discourages her. But steadfastness in the midst of your heart, in the midst of your circumstances, would lead you to say, I I don't care how you act. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much hurt screams and discourages. I don't care how hurt says or does. She said, "I, I, I believe there's something better here and bigger than the circumstances. And she embraced the faith. They said, I believe there's something bigger and better than my circumstance. And she couldn't see it. There was nothing. I mean, nothing. Only thing they had was three graves to show for a choice to go into Moab. Orphans done decided, I'm going to go hunt something. I suppose she's still looking because we never hear nothing else about her. We never hear anything about her. Never. All right. I might need to get me some of them beepers like that just so I can mash up here when I see somebody sleeping. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Timothy 1.12 For the which cause I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Now I persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Hardships, hurt, and pain always makes it easier to leave. Naomi reasoned why would it be good to make the... Uh, Naomi reasoned why it was a good decision for Ruth to go back to Moab and make a wrong choice. She justified it. She said, I, I'm too old to have a husband. And they said, if I, if I found me a husband, and we was, if I was to have sons, you know, it takes nine months... And you can't marry them when they get born. You got, they got to grow up. And then, and, and she's, she's saying, and, and that's why she said, For it grieveth me much for your sake that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. I, I want you to see something here. She is so bitter. Can I, can I remind you? God never made them go to Moab. They chose to go to Moab. But she was steadfast in her choices. She was steadfast in her circumstances. But notice this. And somewhere, if you ever overcome hurt, you've got to get to this place. And this is where, this is most important place that she come. And that was, she was steadfast in her commitment. And who said, I entreat me not to leave thee, 
nor to return from falling after thee, for whether thou goest, I will go. Not maybe, and I hope so. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people should be my people, and thy God, my God. Whether thou diest, I will I die, and that will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also if all but death part thee and me. I want you to know, she got steadfast in the midst of her. Chapter 1 is all about her. She was steadfast in her choices, in her circumstances, and in her commitment. She said, I don't care what her says. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I, 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 I'm going to be in church when the doors is open. I don't care what her says. I don't care what her says. Well, I got, I got convicted of this years ago. There's days and we've all done it. Don't, don't look at me like... Catherine and you, we've all done. I went to work so sick, I couldn't hold my head up. And, and, and went to work anyway. Now, I'm not saying you ought to come sick, but I am saying this. Bless God, I, I do things at work that you... My God deserves at least that. Amen? Amen. Chapter 1 is all about her steadfastness. But notice chapter 2. Chapter 2 is all about help. And the steadfastness led to the next thing of serving. She encounters her hope. Chapter 1 is all about hurt. She's steadfast. She embraces her Naomi. In chapter 2, she is all about help. And she's serving. And she encounters her hope. The Bible says in Naomi chapter 2 verse 1, had a kinsman of her husband's a mighty man of wealth, a man a fan of Elimelech, uh, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, whose side I shall find grace. And she said, there go my daughter. By the way, don't, don't miss this. If they was going to eat, that's the only way they was going to get it. If they were going to eat, somebody had to go glean. I love this. Ruth says, let me just go glean. Now, I won't go into great detail about this, but just to tell you this, if you've ever, if you've ever planted a field of corn or wheat or anything, they planted it square or rectangular in, 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 in where they planted it. But when they harvested it, they harvested in a circle. And all that was left in the corners where they couldn't get to, those that gleaned. And that's how the poor got food. That's how the poor and the destitute. Man, that, that's a good way, wasn't it? But don't, no, don't miss this. Ruth is here because she's willing to embrace what little was left in Moab that God brought back from Moab. And there was a little something there. I know hurts bitter. I know she's bitter. I know she. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Myra. I'm bitter. I'm angry with God. God done this to me. I can't believe God done. But oh, there was something in her. And Ruth said, I'll embrace that little. Notice what she done. First of all, 
What she found was gleaning. She went just for the little one. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. She's not, she's not coming back and demanding anything. The Bible said, said, let me just go glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. She's not going with a honey, proud spirit and saying, the world owes me anything and people owe me. She's not, she's not going with that. She said, I, I, I'm going to go and just maybe I'm find a field and, and some grace that they'll let me glean in. Because you have to understand, there's a lot of people gleaning. She wasn't the only one. And she went and came and gleaned in the field of the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz who was the kindred of Elimelech. See, to live by faith means we take God at His Word and then act upon it, even if it's just a little to begin with. As a matter of fact, we sing so little as much when God's in it. Can I say this? If you're not willing to do the little, you're not willing to do the much. I, I, was, I was so thrilled to, to preach this revival meeting and um, that church probably, I mean, on a good day, I think they run 30. I think they run 30. And I was so glad to be there. And I'm going to be honest with you, I preached to them just like I do here. And yet I kept, I was just thinking about when we started and where our church was and, and reminiscing and remembering. And, and uh, it, was, it was a blessing to be there. Can I say this? The day we lose that, we're done. If you can't glean for a little, this morning we had 17 kids on the bus. By the way, if you will pray about it, because we want who God wants, we need a person to help us on the bus. That's 17 kids this morning. We're almost half, we've got a little over half filled now. And we're almost, now we need another person to help. But let me just say this. For Sunday, we brought what? Three. Well, three. By the way, if that three's not important, the 17 will never be important. As a matter of fact, if the one's not important, the three, the, 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 the hundred will never be important. So you've got to start gleaning. So she started gleaning just for a little. But then notice this. Don't notice this. And what I want you to see today is this. You may not be able to do much, but everyone can do a little. Everybody can do a little. Everybody can do a little. You may not be able to do much, but everybody. Because you see, the gleaning that led to little, the gleaning leads to grace. Because in verse 5, Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Whoa, man, who is that? He looked. He said, Who is that? And they said, Boaz did said, Boaz, here's thou not, my daughter. Go not to gleaning. Don't you go nowhere else. I like that. Neither go thou from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. And let thy eyes be on the field that they do reap and go after them. 
Have I not charged the young men? Don't miss it. They shall not touch thee. Don't miss this. Here's a woman. She, she's, she's with us. She's by herself. She's young. I don't think she was ugly. I don't think she's ugly at all. I think she was a very beautiful lady. She's by herself. She walks into this field. She's vulnerable. Because we have to understand something. Women did not have the status in that day that they do today. It's very sad, but they never. She's very vulnerable. Do you know what he said? He said, I've done seen you. He said, I don't want you going nowhere else. You stay right here in this field. And he said, I done told you. He said, I'll whip that one of them men if they lay a hand on you. He said, they'll have me that. I told them they've been all that. Nobody touch you. I don't know if he protected the rest of them, but I'll tell you this much. She got grace. The gleaning led to grace. His name means in him is strength. I love that. See, when you, when you embrace the Naomi, the hurt with steadfastness, then the help is just one chapter away. And it starts with the gleaning and serving. And it starts with grace that's watching. You realize tonight, God sees every hurt that you have. God knows exactly where you're at tonight. He knew, he knew, that, he knew the young lady that come to church this morning and had to come by herself. He knew the man that had to come to church but come by himself. He, he knew the one that the circumstances about their life what, and what it means. See, God's grace is in this story. Boaz took the initiative in verse number 8. 1 John 4 and 19, we love him because he first loved us. Boaz spoke to Ruth first. You know why? Because she would have never spoken to him. He's the Lord of the harvest. And in spite of all the world's sinners, in in amazing, God first comes to us in speaking. Boaz promised to protect and provide for her needs. Don't miss that. I love that. The master became the servant that he might show his love to a foreigner. Boaz encouraged Ruth. Notice what he said. And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? Thou shouldst take knowledge of me, sin. I'm a stranger. And she was. And Boaz answered and said in her, Oh, I love this. It had been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. And how thou hast left my father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity. I come into a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Don't miss this. Right in the middle of your hurt, there's somebody that knows exactly where you're at. There's folks sitting here tonight and you would never understand, you'd never comprehend, you'd never comprehend the world and what they live through each and every day. You never would. You, have, you know why? Because you've never done it. And yet, they, they have a hardship and it's a challenge and it's a, it's a job every day. I've got good news for you tonight. There's a God in heaven in the midst of your serving. 
He sees exactly where you're at. He sees you when the load's heavy. He sees you when you're discouraged. He sees you when it looks like you're the only one serving. He's watching. I love that. And I don't encourage you. Number one, she... Now notice, she wouldn't have got this had she not been steadfast in chapter number one and embraced her Naomi. She wouldn't have got this. She wouldn't have encountered her hope unless she'd been willing to serve. Don't miss this. Boy, I, I was thinking this morning, boy, they's writing them youngs in here, and boy, some Sundays they come in, you know, they just line up, and they, they just like in, just in, just in perfect file, and they come in, they sit down, and they're all just quiet, and they're just orderly. And then there's some days, like today, I, I, I'm not sure they didn't shoot them with, with sugar before they got them in the bus. Let's, 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 let's get them all good and lively and then send them to church. And today they would just seem like they were just on, and, and I was just watching those that were working, you know, feverishly. Okay, don't, don't miss this servant. The, those, those, those little kids. Them little kids one day will be adults. It may shock you. I, I, I was amazed at this. You'd be amazed. I asked this the other week of how many people in this church rode to church on a bus. And I was absolutely amazed. As a matter of fact, Darlene rode to church on a bus. And she lived right over here. They run a bus. The first Baptist church I rode his. And come by and picked her up and took her to church. Every Sunday. I think she turned out pretty good. She married me. That's, that's a prize right there. Amen. What can I say? Oh, don't miss. Don't miss the serving. I know it's... And by the way, the bigger that thing grows, the more work it is, the more serving it takes. But don't, don't, don't stop serving. Because in the midst, they, they might give you a little... But in that little, you'll find some grace. And God's going to save them and God's going to raise them up in one day. Notice chapter number three. Chapter number one's all full of hurt. Chapter number two, serving. She encounters her hope. But notice what she has in chapter number three. But, and by the way, you don't get to chapter three. You never get to chapter three without having chapter one and chapter two. Chapter 3, I find hope and an engagement. How did she get that hope? A surrender. There's a steadfastness in chapter 1. There's serving in chapter 2. But in chapter 3, there was a surrender. Then Naomi, chapter 3, verse 1, her mother-in-law said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee? That may be well with thee. Now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maiden thou wast, behold, he went barley by night in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee. Put on a good smelling stone. Put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor. Make not thyself known unto the men until they have done eating and drinking. Notice verse 8. Hurts, speech is changed. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself and bought a woman 
lay at his feet. It's Ruth. And he said, Who art thou? She answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaiden. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaiden, for thou art in your kinsman. Here's what she's saying. Won't you redeem me? Won't you buy me back? Won't you purchase me? What she's saying is this. Would you not redeem me for a while? Listen what he said. Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. Thy showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, insomuch thou thought not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know thou art a virtuous woman. Here's what he's just saying. He said, you better believe I will. You better believe I will. But, but he goes on and said, but there's somebody ahead of me. And he can redeem you before I do. So he goes to talk to me. He said, hey man, you want to redeem her for a wife? But if you redeem her, you got to marry her. And here's what he said. He said, no, 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 I can't do that. It'll mess up my inheritance. And you know what Boaz said? Hallelujah, I'll do it. Because he loved her and he wanted her. We see steadfastness led to serving led to a surrender. In chapter 3, chapter 4, we end with satisfaction, happiness, enjoyment. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when she went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception. She bare a son. Listen to what hurts saying now. And then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord! which had not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, had borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the woman, women, her neighbors, gave it a name, said, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He's the father of Jesse, the father of David. Chapter 1. Heart is full of heart. Steadfastness. She embraced her Naomi. In chapter 2, there's hope. She served. Now you've got to get the order. Because I tell you, unless there's steadfastness, there cannot be any service that lasts. She encounters her hope. In chapter 3, there's surrender and an engagement. And then in chapter 4, there's satisfaction, happiness, and enjoyment. How do you silence hurt? In the midst of it, you be very steadfast. Steadfastness in choices and circumstances and commitments. Don't don't serve. I can't do much. I'm not able to do much. Everybody can do a little. Everybody can do a little. Everybody can do something for the glory of God. It may just it may just be something as insignificant as bringing a cup of water up here for me every Sunday, regardless of what it is. God takes note of it. Number three, surrender. 
an engagement. And then, chapter 4, a satisfaction. But the satisfaction and the surrender and the service doesn't come. You can't skirt around the steadfastness in the midst of the heart. In the midst of that heart. I don't know where you're at tonight, but there's a heart in your life. That's where you got to start. A steadfastness in the choices. A steadfastness in the circumstance. And a steadfastness with the commitment. Let's all stand to